So I'm going to start out this morning uh, with a question. Don't worry, like, you won't have to answer this question out loud. You won't be tested on this question later. Um, but I want to start out this morning with a question. I just want to invite you to just kind of think about it here with me for a moment. The question is, what is the priority for disciples or followers of Jesus? Think about this with me. Actually think about what is the priority for disciples or followers of Jesus? And whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, I just want you to think about that with me for a moment. What is the priority as a disciple of Jesus? As we begin this series entitled Everyday Discipleship, I think it's probably important that we lay the foundation, kind of like I said just a minute ago. I think it's important that we figure out our priority. Because if we do not start with a foundation, everything else from here uh, will not really matter. So we're going to figure out today, what, what is our priority? And this word, this word priority, it's honestly pretty commonly used uh, in our just everyday life. Um, it's an important word, too, because as you think about the pace of our world, um, it becomes even more important. What is, what is the pace of our world? It's like slow and easy. No, it's frantic. It's fast. It's ever moving at a pace that is really hard to catch up with our world, it's, it's not slowing down, but rather it's, it's speeding up. And so this word priority becomes increasingly used as we try and figure out the, the pecking order of our lives. You can read books on priorities. Like you can listen to podcasts on priorities. You could probably hire a speaker to come in and speak on priorities. There's probably a whole YouTube channel dedicated just to priorities. If not, it might be a good opportunity for one of you. But priorities, it's, it's a part of our everyday life. It's become a very, very popular word as it's increased need in our culture has happened. I use this word so often, but I've, I'm to a place now where I use the word and don't even really realize what I'm saying when I use the word priority. I've kind of lumped it into the same category of words as important or uh, the the most significant or key or major. I've kind of grouped it in to that group of words, but priority, it stands slightly, stands slightly above the rest. And I want us to dig in here just for a moment to this word just a little bit more because priority is simply a form of the word what? Prior. Simply a form of the word prior. So a priority is something that comes before everything else. It's not just important. Priority is not just important. It is the most important. It precedes everything else. It's ahead of everything else. It is what is supreme. It is what is essential. It is what is foundational. So when you're talking about priority, when you say that word priority, you're really talking about what comes before everything else in life. Your priority is what comes before anything and everything else in life. And so I hope this is the question that we're able to answer today as we dig into this uh, story here in Luke chapter 10. So Luke 10, starting in verse 38, as we try to answer this question together. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and you are upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. 
Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken from her. I love, I love how relatable this story is. I love how easy it is to kind of picture this scene unfolding. Haven't you seen this happen, this scene kind of happen in your own lives, maybe in your own home at work or at school? And I really think it's important that we, that we kind of sit in this story, that we really try and find ourselves in this story uh, here for a moment. So I just want to invite you to just kind of use your imagination. Uh, use your imagination with me as I just kind of play out maybe the, the parts in this story that, that aren't here. It's four verses, but I think there's so much more going on here. And so you have Jesus and his closest friends. They've been walking miles and miles and miles and miles, and they're probably very tired. And Martha, she hears Jesus is coming to town. And she's excited. Martha's excited. She's filled with joy. Her, her Lord, her, her Savior is coming through town, her town. And so she decides, probably talks with Mary. I don't know. She's like, hey, Jesus is going to stay at our house. I hope that's cool. And so they're excited. They're talking about Jesus coming to their home. And we know that this was a joyful act for Martha because when it says that she opened up her home, we know the original language, it says that she welcomed him hospitably. Welcomed him hospitably. You can see Martha and Mary like waiting in anticipation for Jesus to arrive. We probably know that it was gonna be a while before he got there and so they've known here for a little bit that he's gonna arrive. So they hear a knock at the door and uh, it's Jesus and his followers. And so I picture Mary and Martha probably hugging Jesus, big smiles on their faces, probably a smile on Jesus's face too as he sees them. And so everybody's kind of mulling around, kind of working their way in. And uh, just imagine them kind of getting comfortable there in the living room. Everyone's kind of settling in, sitting on a couch, sitting on a chair, uh, sitting on a blanket somewhere in the living room. They all kind of get comfortable together. And naturally, everyone starts listening to Jesus. I mean, the creator of the universe, the one who was there from the beginning, is literally sitting there in their midst, sitting there in their living room. They're getting to laugh with Jesus. They're getting to talk with Jesus. But something happens. Something happens and we don't really know what. But, but, Mar but Martha, she, she gets distracted. She's listening to the words of Jesus, but something, something else catches her attention. Maybe she remembered, hey, the salad's not fixed yet, or, oh, I left the bread in the oven uh, but something happens here. So Martha, she's off probably in the kitchen, maybe setting the table. We don't really know. Maybe she's getting dinner ready. And I, maybe this started out of a good place. I mean, she was serving Jesus, obviously. But the longer she's alone, uh, the louder the thoughts in her head get. She's thinking, I'm in here do doing all of this work by myself. Does no one... Does no one see what I'm doing? Does no one see that I'm getting all of this done while Mary sits on her butt in the living room? You can just see her steaming away, steaming away behind the scenes. And so the huffs, they probably get a little bit louder and the pots and the pans, they begin to clang a little bit harder. And she's just reached her breaking point. She's just reached her breaking point. She is exasperated. And so she goes to the living room and she stands there 
in front of Jesus is everybody is listening and hanging on every word that Jesus is saying. What's she say to him? She says, don't you care that I'm in here all alone doing all the work? And then she tells the creator of the universe what he should do. She said, tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. Music stops playing, record skips, everybody's silent. Matthew and John are like giving the awkward turtle sign to one another across the room. (laughs) What happens? Jesus, he pauses and he looks at Martha. He looks at Martha and he sees anxiety and he sees worry and he sees frustration and he sees stress. And I think he cared. I think he cared in this moment because he says in the most gentle way possible in a way that didn't embarrass Martha in front of everybody else. He says, Martha, Martha, can't you just hear the care and concern in Jesus' voice here in this moment? He says, you were worried about so many things, but those things, they're gonna get done. And if they don't, it's not gonna matter. And you can just see Jesus in this moment. He knows he has the disciples' attention in the room. He knows that he's gonna have our attention 2,000 years later. And he says, there is only one thing. There is only one thing that is needed. One thing that must come before everything else if you are following me. He says, look, look here at Mary. This is is what I mean. This, This is your priority to sit and to listen, to sit and to listen. And if I'm being honest, it's sometimes hard to find myself in these stories, but this was one of those weeks where Jesus was like speaking directly to me over and over and over again. I mean, can you not see this situation unfolding here in Luke? And so I posed, I posed a question at the beginning. I posed a question, what is the priority for disciples or followers of Jesus. I'm a simple man with a simple mind. You can ask my wife. And so I'm so thankful that Jesus gives it to us very simply here. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying that there are not difficulties in following Jesus. There's no doubt about that. There, aren't, there are challenges, there are frustrations. I'm not saying following Jesus isn't demanding that applying, interpreting, and living out the scriptures is not a hard thing to do. But what I am saying is behind all of that, behind all of that is one simple priority. To sit at the feet of Jesus. To sit at the feet of Jesus is a disciple's priority. To sit and listen to his teaching, to sit in his presence, to commune with him is the most important thing. It is what we are to do before everything else. It is our starting place every single time that we start. This is where we have to begin as followers of Jesus. And this is why we're beginning everyday discipleship by looking at what it looks like to sit at the feet of Jesus. And I want us to look at a couple of specific truths here uh, from this story. And I want us kind of all together here in a moment to practically think about what what this means. How absurd would it be to just talk about Listen to me talk about sitting at the feet of Jesus without actually sitting at the feet of Jesus together. And so we're gonna do that 
kind of practically uh, at the end together. So quickly, I'm going to look at a couple of truths, a couple of truths about this text that I saw this week. One, first truth is that good distracts from the best. Good distracts from the best. The second one is going to be that the best can't be taken away. The best cannot be taken away. So one is that good distracts from the best, and two is that the best cannot be taken away. And then at the end, we're going to look practically at how to receive the best, how to receive the best of Jesus. So first one, good distracts from the best. It's an idea you've probably heard before, maybe in other contexts, and maybe a little bit different way that good is the enemy of great. And as we examine what discipleship looks like, I think that we find this to be true here as well. So let's take a look at Martha. Take a look at Martha. What Martha is doing isn't bad. In fact, in and of itself, I would consider, and I could very easily argue that serving Jesus is a very good thing. In fact, we know this was something that Jesus valued. This is something Jesus taught on. This is something Jesus lived out and placed very high. I mean, look at Jesus himself. He is the quintessential example of what it looks like to be a life full of service and sacrifice. I mean, you look at the way his life ended here on earth, the ultimate act of service, the ultimate act of sacrifice that allows us to walk in freedom, allows us to walk in light uh, today. And so we know that Jesus thought this was a good thing. You look at the story right before this. I didn't know before uh, the start of this week, but the story right before this is the story of the Good Samaritan. So Jesus is talking about uh, how do you inherit the kingdom? How do you inherit life in the kingdom? What does that look like? And so he starts unpacking a number of different things. And he ends with this story about serving your neighbor. Story of the Good Samaritan where he is uh, serving his neighbor as much as he loves and serves himself. And so we know Jesus thought this was a good thing. But what happens when good distracts from the best? Well, let's look at Martha again and find out what happens when good distracts from the best. I think we find that a heart, a heart that probably started in a good place, winds up in the wrong place when good comes before the best. Our motivation is no longer coming from a place of captivation. It's probably more out of a place of obligation. So our motivation is no longer from a place of captivation of Jesus. It probably turns to a place of obligation. And so when good things come before the best thing, our priority, we grow tired, we grow weary, we lose the joy that we started with. I know I become jealous, I become prideful, and I forget why it is that I was doing what I was doing in the very first place. Man, I'm so glad I have no idea what this is like. The best can't be taken from us. That's the second truth. The best can't be taken from us. So verse 42 says, Mary has chosen what is better, can be interpreted best in the original language, and it will not be taken from her, Jesus says. I love that Jesus, I love that he ends with this. He says that this gift won't be taken from Mary. It won't be taken from us. And I kept wondering all week, like what, what did Jesus mean by this? Like, what did he mean by this? That it can't be taken from her. It can't be taken from us. So I kind of just kept exploring this thought and this text. These words that when you sit at my feet and you listen to my words and you spend time in my presence, the fruit from that time, the gifts that you will receive in that time 
cannot be taken from you from now until eternity. It's yours forever. And I think Jesus, I think he's speaking a couple of different ways here in this moment, both the literal. I think he's literally telling Martha, hey, I'm not telling Mary to get up and come help you. But I also think he's speaking into the eternal. I think he's speaking into the eternal here. All that comes with sitting at Jesus's feet, soaking in his word, sitting in his presence, cannot be taken from you until eternity, where we will sit at his feet forever. We will forever be in his presence. Sitting at his feet, we will receive something so good that it can't be taken away from us. I was unfortunately hanging out with my mechanic uh, earlier this week. His name is Johnny. Me and Johnny, we hang out a lot these days. And uh, me and Johnny have a number of conversations. And uh, I love a lot of things about Johnny. He's honestly one of my favorite human beings in the world. Um, Johnny, he, he cusses a little. He loves Jesus a lot. He's a little rough around the edges. Um, but he always tends to just speak truth whenever I'm in there. And he was talking to me. He was telling me some story about a guy that used to come into his shop. A guy used to come into his shop about once a week and always pose Johnny a different question. And he knew Johnny was a follower of Jesus. And Johnny did this really great voice impression I don't think I can do, but he, he would talk to Johnny like this. And he would say, now, now Johnny, this time he asked a question. He said, Johnny, he said, what's the best thing about getting to heaven? What's the best thing about it? So Johnny's like, I don't know. I've just sat there and thought about it for a little bit. He's like, best answer I could come up with is that, well, I get to hang out with Jesus all the time. And I was like, that's a pretty dang good answer, Johnny. And it was one of those moments where he's just kind of talking. He's just kind of telling a story. And it's one of those moments where you're receiving it like a dagger through the heart in a way that the person saying it has, has no idea. That idea of sitting in the presence of Jesus for forever just hit me there in a random mechanic shop off Nolensville Road. Sitting at the feet of Jesus, we will receive something so good that it can't be taken away from us. How, how do we know this? Like, I think it's probably a good place to look at what Jesus says in maybe other places. So I kept looking, I'm like, how do we know this? Does Jesus say this anywhere else? And so I went to the book of John, the book of John. Oh, so good. Write down John 6, 35. John chapter 6, verse 35. Jesus, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Listen to that one more time. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Write down John 4. John 4, this is another place. Jesus, he's talking to a woman at a well. And this is what Jesus says as he's talking to this woman. He says, everyone who drinks from this water is gonna be thirsty again. Listen to this. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them springs of water 
welling up to eternal life. Listen to that one more time. Whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them springs of water welling up to eternal life. Can I get an amen? I mean, amen, right? So good. What, what is our priority? What is our priority? To sit and listen. To sit and listen at the feet of Jesus. What do we know? We know that the good often distracts us from the best. And we know that the best can't be taken away from us. So I don't want to sit here and talk any longer. Adam's going to come up here in just a moment and he's just going to kind of play some music. And for, uh, for some of us sitting and listening to Jesus um, is, is something that um, I have not done very well or, or, or very often. Um, it, some might call it a meditation, um, but it's a way of just kind of sitting, quieting yourself, kind of quieting your heart and, and just maybe listening to whatever it is that, that Jesus might have for you. And so we're gonna take just a moment here to just kind of be still, to sit, and, and to listen, listen to Jesus together. And Jesus speaks in a number of different ways. And we're gonna look at these here in just a second. Speaking through scripture, speaking through silence, um, speaking through uh, sharing and conversation with one another. So Jesus, he can speak in so many different ways, but I, I just kept thinking all week, I'm like, we're gonna miss it if we don't sit and listen to Jesus this morning. So I just wanna invite everybody, whether you're, comfortable with this or you're not, everyone have their eyes closed, so it's cool. Um, but I just want to invite everybody, just close your eyes. Just close your eyes. I just want to invite you to clear your mind as best as you can. Just clear your mind as best as you can. Take a deep breath in. Take a deep breath out. Take a few deep breaths in and out. Just kind of still and quiet your heart. Quiet your mind. If you get distracted by a thought, that's okay. Just kind of put that thought aside and come back to just that place of peace. So as you're quiet, as you're still, I want you to think about a place that you love going, a place that is hard for you to leave. When you go to this place, you don't, you don't want to leave. So whether it's the beach, whether it's the beach, whether it's um, maybe a cabin in the woods with a fire going or snow falling outside, whether it's a, a chair maybe in your living room that you'd love to sit in and read, just think about this with me for a moment with your eyes closed. Where's a place that you love to be that you don't wanna leave? And just picture that, picture that place. Think about the sounds of that place. Think about 
other things in the room. Think about maybe the smells that you would smell, the, the sights that you would see. So you kind of sit in your favorite place. If you get distracted, I just invite you to kind of come back, close your eyes, picture yourself in this place again. As you picture this place, I, I want to just invite you to think, where, where, where would Jesus be here? If Jesus was in this room or this place, where would he be sitting? Where would he be? I want to invite you just to picture Jesus there sitting with you wherever it is that you are. Think about what Jesus would look like. Think about how he'd be sitting, where he'd be sitting. As Jesus is sitting there with you, I want to invite you to just think about a question that you would want to ask him. If Jesus is there in your midst right now, what is it that you want to ask him? Jesus is there. What, what do you want to ask Jesus? When you think about what it is that you want to ask, I just want to invite you to actually ask him. Kind of in your mind, ask Jesus this question as he is sitting there with you. Ask Jesus this question. And as Jesus looks at you and he hears you and he sees you, I just want you to just listen. What, what, what is his answer? What is his answer to this question that you asked him? What is he saying to you in this moment? Father, I just, I just thank you for giving us Given us imaginations, given us the ability um, to commune with you in such different ways that speaks to our different personalities. Um, God, I, I realize how unaware of you I am. How unaware of you just I am in my in my daily daily life. And God, my prayer is that we as a church family, would just become more aware of you, more aware of your presence, more aware of the reality of you being anywhere and everywhere we are. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, I pray. Amen. So there's three very practical things that I, I want to I give us to take home so that on Monday morning, we know what it looks like put this as a priority in our lives. And so there's three words I want you to write down. Scripture, silence, and sharing. Scripture, silence, and sharing. And I want to invite you to choose one of these three things to do uh, each day. 
We're gonna take 10 minutes each day together as a church family, and we're gonna do one of these three things together. So under scripture, I want you to write the passage, Matthew 6, 25 through 34. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. So one of the ways that we can sit at the feet of Jesus is literally just sitting at his words that he, he gives us here that we've, just like we've been in today. So I wanna encourage you to just take this passage, take 10 minutes and read it three or four times. And before you read it, I just want you to ask the question, hey, Jesus, what do you want me to hear today? What do you want me to hear today? Read it three or four times and the rest of that 10 minutes just kind of sit and listen, and maybe, just maybe, you, you, Jesus might kind of speak to you and lay something on your heart. The second thing is silence. Maybe this is, fits your personality more. And another way of thinking this is meditation, but it doesn't start with an S, so silence is what we went with. Um, kind of like what we just did just a moment ago, just quieting your heart, quieting your mind, and being still before God. Sometimes you might wanna ask him a question. Sometimes you might wanna meditate on a real short passage of scripture kind of over and over in your mind. But what I wanna invite you to do during this 10 minutes, if you choose to kind of spend it in silence this day, quiet yourself and just ask God to remove distractions from you. Real practically, Something I do is I take a piece of paper and a pencil with me. And if I get distracted by something, I just quickly jot it down and then kind of come back to being with God intentionally. So this is kind of silence. That's what that looks like. And the third way is sharing. Sharing. Very, I think, powerful way that I, I hear from Jesus so often is through other people. Uh, just hearing what's going on in their lives, maybe hearing something that they're learning. And so here's how I want you to share this week. With one person each day, share where you saw God at work. Where did you see God at work? That's, that's, that's as simple as it is. It can be your spouse, it can be your roommate, it can be a friend, it can be a parent. Just share, hey, this is where I saw God at work today. And I think we'll be amazed at how, how we see God and move and work through these, these very practical things. So what do we do on Monday? We sit at the feet of Jesus. How do we sit at the feet of Jesus? There's a number of ways that we can sit at the feet of Jesus. And there's a tension I just kind of want to speak into. You're, we're probably not going to be very good at this. Like, we're going to sit down to do this on Monday, and it's going to go maybe not very well. That's okay. The, the lesson here, or the word here is Grace. Give yourself grace after grace, after grace, after grace. You're not very good at it. Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, it's cool. Grace, give yourself grace. Try it again on Thursday. And I think the more that we just practically sit at the feet of Jesus together, the better we're gonna get at it. So give yourself grace. So this morning, we've been in the scripture. We've been silent. And I wanna invite us just to share together now, one of the things we do each week is we go to the table. We go to the table and we sit at the feet of Jesus by taking the bread, which represents his body, taking the juice, which represents his blood that was shed for us. And so together, as we get up and go to the table and 
sit at the feet of Jesus, I just want to invite you to share maybe with the folks that you came with. If you don't feel comfortable doing this, you can, you can maybe continue just sitting at his feet, thinking about, meditating on, on where, where it is that you were. If you, if you aren't following Jesus and you're like, I'm in, I'm ready to do this. Or if you have questions or if you need prayer, I just want to invite you to come back. Our pastoral team will be at the Respond Banner. We would love to pray with you. We would love to talk with you. Um, but yeah, so I want to invite you to stand all together. I'll pray for us. And I just want to invite you to share with your family and friends. You might share, hey, this is where I found myself. This is what I saw um, during our time of silence. Or this is what really spoke to me. Um, from this text. But let's pray together. Father, we love you.